Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning, welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Hope your weekend has started well. It's Michael Guerin joining you for the next half an hour or so to talk about all the exciting developments in the harness racing world, which part of we saw on Saturday night at Albion Park, the $350,000 Blacks of Fake was run and won by the New South Welshman in Jason Grimson and Cameron Hart. We spoke to Cameron yesterday on the show about Majestic Cruiser and he is turning into a very, very good horse. Coming from off the speed is not easy to do around Albion Park and he did that and won the big one and they added that to the Group 1 messenger he won in New Zealand back in April. So he has a very impressive body of work and you could make a case, at this stage, potentially leads the horse of the year voting alongside King of Swing. But King of Swing is retired, of course, so he can't embellish his record before the harness racing season ends on December 31. Majestic Cruiser can. He has Victoria Cups, potentially New Zealand Cups, and of course the Inter-Dominions to come. He is a very good horse, but maybe the most exciting horse in the land is a three-year-old pacer. His name is Leap to Fame. He is trained and driven by Grant Dixon. Grant joins us this morning. Mate, thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on the radio. No worries, mate. He's a pretty good horse. You've trained some good horses. We talk about Blacks of Fake, who was trained by your then-partner, Natalie Rasmussen, but you guys trained him more or less together, so you know what it's like to train a great horse. How good a horse, at this stage, is Leap to Fame? Oh, uh, me and Trista think, you know, he's the best one we've had. Uh, but it's early days. And, you know, and obviously, I'm not sure that the the Derby fields at his race has been as hard as the fields at, like, um, Majestic Mac or Colt 31 race back in their three-year-old days. But, you know, maybe it might prove, you know, that, that they are, but yeah, you know, at this point, I probably thought you know, like who Colt Thirty One at the race and Majestic Mac was harder. When you sit behind him, and as I said, you've sat behind great horses for well over twenty years. Does he feel like a horse who's going to go on with it? He's he's not just a three year old because he doesn't look like one. But does he feel like a Grand Circuit horse, Grant? Oh, he, he does because he's a really good mover. Um, finds it easy. Um, his race manners are particularly good. Um, yeah, like he does tick all the boxes for us. He's got good speed and he's strong. In the Queensland Derby on Saturday night, you had to move around to sit parked. It's the second week in a row you've had to do that. It's not much fun. Over 26.80. How confident were you going down the back straight? You could beat a pretty decent horse like Can't Find a Better Man who was getting a significantly easier run. Yeah, I was I was a little bit worried. Sort of, I was travelling quite well myself, but I was worried. With you know, he had a really good trip, and you could see Luke was going to get it, get him out. And I knew that he'd have to really dig deep to hold it out. You know, like going to the line. But yeah, no, I just had a, you know throughout the run, I had a few few concerns. That's for sure, mate. We know the Eureka next year for $2 million looms enormously large on everybody's calendar. But before we get to that, we'll talk about that shortly. What's on for the rest of this this year for Leap to Fame? Um, I'm interested to start working out this morning. 
Um, I think, and I think Kevin will be pretty keen to go to the Victoria Derby. It actually comes up first, and then probably go to that, and then come back to Sydney for the Breeders Breeders Challenge. And I'm sort of hoping that that might be it for the for the season, hopefully. And then um, I'd say Kevin would have, would want to have a go at the Chariots. It, it must be hard, Grant, to, to keep these horses up because it used to be a case that most of the derbies, for example, Victoria and New South Wales, were a month apart. So they were part of the same campaign. Now, if you want to win the New South Wales derby, which you've done, and the Queensland derby, which you've done, and the Victoria derby, you need to peak this horse three times in one year. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not obviously, you know, it's not easy to do and obviously just obviously have the right horse to be able to do it. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, um, yeah, he, he seemingly seems very bright this morning. So he seems like he's got through the runs good. So, yeah, hopefully we can just sort of plan towards the Victoria Derby now and, and and go from there. How do you train your horses, Grant? Are you somebody who, for example, a lot of older trainers, they train them a mile and a half, couple of times a week and sprint them up a quarter some people gallop them in the sand some people canter some people heat train them where they buzz them up a couple of times over a mile what's your philosophy to training a horse like this um we just sort of pretty much stick to what we normally do with with the bulk of them um he, he does he does two trips twice a week um but not you know don't obviously open him up too much and it seems to keep him, you know, once he's up and going, it seems to tick him over pretty well. When you say two trips for those who are listening to this, who, who may be galloping fans who don't follow the harness, is that on the same day? Do you run them up twice over a mile on the same day? Or are they separate trips of, of say, 2,400 or 3,200 on a Tuesday, Thursday type thing? Yeah, he, he does a trip over 2,000 and then he, and he has a rest and then he does a trip over a mile. Okay, well, when you get to that stage, would you buzz him a last quarter of 28 type thing, or how fast would you go? Because many of our Gallops listeners and even some of our Harness listeners would say, wow, you work this horse twice in one day. Yeah, oh, we, 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 we stride him up a bit, but not, yeah, don't, don't go to what, he, what speeds he would go at the races. But especially okay. now, that now that he's up, now that he's up in fit, you know, he doesn't, yeah, he seems to hold his fitness good in that, so. Grant, you've got those aims for the remainder of this year and early into next year. The Chariots of Fire, of course, is in March. But the Eureka is going to be the richest harness race held in Australia alongside an Inter-Dominion, which ironically Blacks are fake, won at Tasmania a long time ago. I think it was 1.5. We're now getting up to $2 million, so it's serious money. How do you start to count backward from the Eureka, which I think is next September. How do you count backward once you've done a Chariots of Fire? Because I presume that's the race everybody wants to win. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that'll be, like, obviously one of the main ones we've got to pencil in. And, yeah, like you say, you've you pretty much worked your season backwards from there. That'll, that'll be the main, yeah, main way to, main way to do it. And, obviously, we've got to win a carnival up here through June. But, you know, we'll just, you know... Don't put to get too far ahead of ourselves. We just got to, you know, get past every race as we go, and just go towards our our next our next target, and just keep seeing how he pulls up after each race. You know, as long as he's fit and healthy and sound, we keep going. If anything, having a little hiccup, we just stop and then yeah, just restart. 
Grant, every time somebody gets a horse this good, and you can tell looking at them, they're good. The question of the US always comes up. People say, would you like to go to the US? And it is a pipe dream for most Australasian harness horses. But Kevin Seymour, the owner of this horse, has serious, serious money, so he can afford to have a dig. Do you think there's any realistic chance Leap to Fame will end up in the States being campaigned under your banner? Oh, look, I'd I'd probably doubt it, Mick. Um, You know, know, there's enough on here. And obviously with the race like the Eureka, you know, there's probably no reason to even think about America at this point. You know, there's plenty to go here and they want to enjoy racing him in Australia, I think. And um, it would be only an afterthought down the track whether that would ever happen. Grant, people who listen to the show see your name all the time. They see it sometimes at Menangle, but they see it all the time at Albion Park and Redcliffe and these places. How many horses do you and Trista actually train? Because there seems to be a few floating around, and they always seem to be in the market. Uh, well, at the moment, we're training 60. It's sort of probably down on where we used to be, but we're sort of actually now that we've settled down at this figure, we're pretty, pretty happy we get through it nice and comfortable. We've got plenty of staff to cope with it, and... Um, yeah, it just seems to be a little bit more enjoyable than training the higher number. Grant, what's a horse we can follow for the Sky Sport radio listeners? They can put in their race tracker or they can just write on the back of their hand or they can put it on the fridge. They can do what they want with it. What's a horse for us to follow? I'd, I'd yeah. be nice if it was this week, Albion Park tomorrow or Redcliffe or somewhere, but uh, have you got a winner for us? Well, I think Lady Ivana's ready to win. She's sort of been racing in a few uh, top quality fields and stuff and I I think uh, now that a lot of the visitors will be gone home, uh, she, she, she's ready to win a race. When will we see her, mate? Uh, Saturday night. Saturday night. And just talking about Queensland harness racing, the news came out last week. It sort of got a little bit lost in the fog around the carnival that Albion Park is... Now, I'm not sure I've got this right, but it's going to be sold and used as part of a games village for the games, which are apparently Brisbane's bidding for in 3032. Where are people going to race in Queensland? Do you have any idea where they're going to end up? Yeah, make, um, yeah, like they've obviously done the same thing down the Gold Coast. And they took the Gold Coast office and they never replaced it. Now they're really talking about doing doing it again to us. But hopefully, um, hopefully they don't let it go through and we get to keep it. Okay, because I presume, God, it cost a lot of money to build a racetrack from scratch, but it's hard when you move a racetrack out of town. Um, for a start, Albion Park's very close to the centre of Brisbane. Uh, are you a, a big man for keeping Albion Park? Are you a huge supporter of keeping that track? Oh, I think so. I think, you know, you, you can see over the years any any of the major metropolitan tracks have gone too far from the uh, metropolitan area in the in a city that's been a you know not a great move I, I believe and I think you've got to learn from their mistakes and try and keep our track in the metropolitan area for sure Mate, um, it's been great to see this horse development we love to see New South Wales derby winners go on and win more derbies and you've won the next one, you can test it and you've probably got more to come so mate, thank you for joining us this morning interesting to hear how you train the horses interesting to hear what you think of this horse and Yes, we'll be ringing you more often, Grant, because it sounds like this horse is going to be at the forefront of harness racing discussions for quite some time to come. I hope you're right, mate. Thanks for having us on.
<laughs> Grant Dixon, one of the best in the game, and he's had some pretty good horses. Like, he's had proper horses. Obviously, he trained Blacks of Fake in association with his then partner, Natalie Rasmussen. Um, so they've had a great horse, and they've had plenty of very, very good horses. And Leap to Fame may be one of those. There is a limit to three-year-olds sometimes, but he looks like he's a horse who's going to go on with the job. Uh, we had a really good meeting at, at Menangle on Saturday night, and one of the uh, one of the milestone moments comes up from our next guest, and Zine Zanowski, or Dean Zanowski, my apologies, uh, Dean, uh, trained his 250th winner. So, Dean, that must be a good feeling to get your 250th at a good track at Menangle on a Saturday night. As I say, good morning to you. Yeah, good day, Mick. How you doing, mate? Um, yeah, that no, was good. Mate, I'm, I'm going well, mate. Yeah, thank you. That's all right. Yeah, no, I didn't really know it was coming up, so it was a bit of a surprise, but... Yeah, a lot of hard work and a lot of miles have gone into 250, I'd say. How many horses would you train, Dean? Because we don't see huge numbers coming out for you as a trainer. So I take it you're not, we just talked to Grant Dixon, you might have heard it. He's got 60 in work. I take it your numbers aren't anything like that. No, nah, definitely not. No, we've sort of only used to have anywhere sort of 6 to 10 and a few younger ones just poking through. So at most stages we've sort of only got 4 or 5 racing at the same time and just been... Um, very lucky. Probably the last five to ten years, we've always had one or two that were just good competitive horses at Menanga, which helped us out a bit. Dean, people listening to this would say, well, how do you make a living training ten horses? I know Jason Grimson only trains about 12 or 15, but do you have a- another business, or is it selling horses, or your freelance driving? How, how do you make ends meet with so few horses floating around? Uh, yeah, I've got a floor standing business, so I do the timber floors as well, and just between the two, we sort of got plenty on, but yeah, it sort of outweighs each other. So horses have a good run and the floors are quiet, you keep going that way and vice versa. Yeah, no, we, we get by all right. Mate, you're doing well because um, you drove two big winners the other night. One of them was in the Winter Championship Heat. It's a horse you train yourself called Boom. I tell you what, Dean, at the 200, I thought you were beat, and at the 100, I thought you were beat, but he just kept on going. Well, I thought I was beat at the line too. I thought they got me, but he um, he's pretty laid back big casual customer and um, he just sort of waits for him he's got really really good speed and sort of when I swelled him up I thought oh he should shoot away here and do it fairly easy and he was just happy to race the death horse and then I saw the swoop and come geez come on you got to get going here and to his credit he sort of spotted him and put his head out and yeah he's still just as strong on the line but I'd like him to sort of find half a length or a length some say shortly to make me relax a bit He's got the um, the NZ next to his name, so he's come across from New Zealand. How do you source a horse like him? Um, his owner, Mick Boots, uh, found him and organised it all. I was just very lucky that he gave me a call and said, I bought this fella, did you want to give him a go? I've known Mick for a little while now, and um, the second one he sent me, and yeah, I didn't know a lot about him, watched a few of his replays, and he looked like he was a fairly decent horse over there, just sort of racing tough company, and I think some of these horses that come from over there just the sharpening up for the Menangle racing, they can sort of go either way. They either improve or they go backwards, but this fellow sort of stepping up, and yeah, I think he's got a pretty big future. Dean, I like this series, the Winter Championship Series. It brings together some horses from the regions and some of the local horses. Um, the finals coming up, I think he has to be a really good chance because he has good gate speed, but it's actually something a bit different, isn't it? It brings together the right sort of horses up to that rating 80 band. Oh, for sure, like I say, it's hard to get money out of the horses these days and to race for that sort of money and they're all sort of fairly levelly matched and yeah, whoever gets the right run sort of wins and it's a good check to get too. So he's um I know he's a fair bit I think a fair bit of him and 
there's still another few revs under the bonnet yet, I reckon, but um, just got to get him to rev up and do it. Otherwise, there seems to be a lot of good closing horses that won their heats last week and run good races. So if he's out in front, he can't be stargazing next week because there's a fair few fast ones going to be chasing him. What can you do in a situation like that? Because obviously the um, the persuader, as it's now called, can't be used as much as it used to be used. Could you pull the pull-up or pull-down blinds on him? Yeah, i just got to sort of uh, tinker with his gear a bit this week and just see what's going to suit him. He, he doesn't really respond to the whip that much. He, he sort of listens to you and just does what he has to do. But I think he just just sort of in the race, just sort of going to have to try and keep him alive. And he's probably been the victim of his own circumstances lately he's got good gate speed but a few of them have been trying to cross him to hand up to sit on him because he's a nice horse and he sort of half switches off so I think if I could light him up out of the gate and keep him pumped up he'd be a lot better you know You drove a, a good horse but an enigmatic horse for, for Jimmy Rat, James Rattray and the free for all this week and where you've been bopping. Now we know he's got the motor, um, he must be an interesting horse to drive because he, he, he doesn't look how can I say this nicely? He doesn't look the full mental package, Dean. No, no, no. I've never driven a horse with a motor bigger. It's unbelievable how much power and that he's got in speed, but his gait lets him down. Uh, he sort of hits his knees and runs around a fair bit and hangs a bit, but there's just no bottom to him. Sort of Once he found the top the other night, and he sort of felt fairly comfortable, so I was happy to keep him rolling at his speed. And, yeah, when you ask him to go, he just gives you everything. And, um, yeah, James has done a real good job. I drove him. A couple of months before, a while back, and he was a lunatic. Before the race, he was off his tree and that, but he's just sort of just starting to grow up a bit now and relax and getting a bit better of a better racehorse for it, which has been good. Do you find with those horses, Dean, you're better off being on the front end of the field so they can relax and do their own thing? If they get back in the field, they start to lose their breathing and their gait and they pull, and um, it can't be a lot of fun on a horse like him when you're back in the field. Oh, definitely. And like I say, his gait lets him down a lot too, sort of. I'm sure. He could have been a superstar if he had a, a beautiful action and sort of clean going horse, like the motor's there. But um, it's just sort of hard when he's in that grade too, being back in the pack there. When they change gears, they really change gears in that grade. And he, with his gait, it probably just takes him a while to wind up. And he's always still there with him, trying hard. But yeah, he's best asset. If you can just pump him up and see, he went 50 in a piece the other night in the mud and really cold night. So he, he's got the ability to run whatever you need to if you have to. It must be fun to drive horses like him. As you said, you've got, you've got another business. You've got other things going on in your life. And to train a horse like Boom and, and, and get a double at Menangle on Saturday night, that must be very satisfying when you eventually warm up and get in the car and go home. Oh, definitely, yeah. We sort of need it. I'm usually in Queensland this time of year with a team and it's just going to be too strong the carnival and we just purchased a new property and we're setting it up and it was just not worth me while going up there this year. So I've been fairly emotional hanging around here in the cold, so... Them sort of nights make it a little bit easier to get out of bed the next day. Sure, it does. Um, let's talk about. We spoke to Grant Dixon about what he does with his horses, and a lot of our galloping followers would be like, "Wow, this guy trains his horse twice in one day." How do you train your horses? No, no, mine's fairly easy. Um, I found back in the day that I was probably overworking them. They're sort of fairly fine breed. I found now you, you sort of nearly got to treat them like gallopers, but we got just a nice track here with a bit of a hill in it and. Most of my work sort of based around the two-mile work, and they don't do a lot. Just There's a lot of effort. The last two or 300 metres, I like to dash them up real strong and get them the wind in their lungs and get them feeling good about themselves without getting them tired. And Yeah, these old horses that sort of race week to week at Menangle, it seems to suit them because they've still got a few miles left in their legs and not getting leg tired, you know? Well, Dean, some of our listeners may not have heard you on the radio very often before, and it is nice of you to take time out of the business to come and talk to us. How old a guy would you be? 
Ah, uh, 38, me, yep. Oh, you're already a baby. Dear God, you've got plenty of time to, to win a stack of races. That raises the question, Dean. If you could win any race in harness racing, what would it be? I've uh, always been, Miracle Mile's always been my race, just especially back in the days when I was a young fella going to Harold Park with the atmosphere and the horses coming on the track and it sort of that's motivated me to get to where I was, always thinking, geez, that'd be good to do that one day. So, yeah, be, any good race is good, but yeah, if I had to choose one, I'd, I'd love to win a Miracle Mile. Dee, there would have been a time 20 years ago you would have been one of the younger people in the driver's room when you had so many of the older greats established in the driver's room. These days, when you're getting changed at, at Menangle, you must feel middle-aged because, gee, there's a lot of young talent floating around, isn't there? We're going to talk to Jack Trainer shortly, guys like Cameron Hart and Jack Callaghan. It's, um, it's really turned around in the last two or three years, the emergence of these young guys, not to take over by any means, but... It's been um, it's been quite a dramatic emergence of that young gang of them, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, back in my day, like the older fellas, though they've been good, and a lot of them are still around now and still very good. They sort of they were set and concrete, and they were fairly dominant. It was hard to get a bit of a go when you're a young fella. Where these days, these good fellas that have come through, they've obviously had the talent and got with the right stables and driving the right horses, and it sort of catapulted them to the top of their game. Probably ten, fifteen years before they used to back in the older days, you know, but. They all drive good and they're doing a good job, so good luck to them. Dean, no one gets off the show without being asked this question. What's the horse for us to follow? Do you have one you're going to sneak out to Penrith one night or a Tuesday at Menangle? We'll take anything, Dean. It's winter. We want a winner so we can buy a few beers or maybe even go on a holiday. So have you got something apart from boom we can just store away for the next couple of weeks or even a month? Um, not a lot ready to race just at the minute. A few only just coming. I've got a two-year-old, I think a lot of, but he's just fairly green. A horse called Return Surf. He ran second last week. His first start, and he's in at Bathurst on Wednesday night. It's a fairly solid race. It's they go pretty good, but I think a lot of him, and it mightn't be this start or next start, but I reckon within the next six to 12 months, he'll be a, a really nice horse. So he'd be one to pay to follow, and yeah, once the penny drops, he'll be a good horse. All right. Bathurst on a Wednesday night. I presume that's the type of night you wear driving gloves. Uh, yeah, like I say, um, last eight years I've been in Queensland for the winter, so I've got as many clothes as I can handle recently, and they'll be on again for Wednesday night. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's nice to get to talk to you, Dean. Um, congratulations on training your 250th winner, and particularly doing it when you've um, you've got a business on the side as well, and, and getting a double on Saturday night, mate. So thanks for taking the time to talk to us on the radio this morning, and yeah, we'll be hoping Boom can do the job for you again in the Winter Championship final. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hope he goes good, and thanks for your time. Cheers, mate. That's Dean Sinoskis, who won a double, um, trained one, drove two at the headquarters, Menangle, on Saturday night. And it's always nice to talk to people who, whose backstories you don't know, and you have these harness racing people, a lot less than the Gallops, but there's a few of them, who obviously have full-time jobs as a floor sander, which wouldn't be an easy job, as you know. And you have these sort of guys, and they're out there at Menangle on a Saturday night driving winners, so... Jack Trainer uh, is more of a full-time harness racing type of a guy, but Jack, I'm sure you know Dean, and you've got to respect a bloke who, who works probably 7 till 5 or 9 to 5 during the day, then turns up and puts the colours on on a Saturday night. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know I couldn't do it, Mick, so yeah, credit to someone that's able to do that and uh, just shows they obviously have a real love for the sport. Jack, I know how hard it is to get hold of you on a Sunday morning any time of the year, so I know there's absolutely no chance you could be working 9 to 5. Oh, no, so, yeah, maybe five years ago, um, five years ago, Mick, so I've got 
slowed up a bit like that, and you will find me at the stables on a Sunday. Obviously, now I've got my own team, a bit more responsibility, but um, yeah, there's definitely some mornings I'll be a no-show well, for sure. Well, that's good to know, Jack. It means we can get hold of you for your shows on Sunday mornings. Let's talk about Menangle Saturday night. I know part of you would have loved to have been in Queensland for the big dance, but it's still nice to pick up a double, and one of them, the first on the card, was with Yanni. Um, I thought this was a good performance because Pump the Brakes, the horse inside you, wasn't going away and your horse just outstayed it. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, um, he was first start for me. I got him off. Um, I was looking after him for Jason while he was in Queensland. And, yeah, he had a really good 1-1 trip and he sort of had been knocking on the door, but he did knuckle down late, like you said. And, um, yeah, for him to get a win first up for the stable was always pleasing. You seem to have a good record with that sort of thing. You seem to be able to take horses over and have some success with them. What do you do? Like, sometimes when people get these experienced horses, they change their shoeing, they change their feeding, they put them in the pool, they do a whole bunch of things. What do you do with an older horse to say, right, I'm going to try and re-energise you? Oh, it's always, it's probably trying to find what will work for that horse, Mick. Obviously, um, we're very lucky here at the Menangle Training Centre. I've got access to the Water Walker, three different tracks. Um, which obviously helps, especially a horse that's not from this area, something like that sort of state-of-the-art or quite new to them. But, yeah, so obviously the key to the training is just trying to find out what you think suits that horse best. And I think we've got a good system now where we we sort of know what to look for in horses and and what way to go with them, and it just seems to be working. So, yeah, I couldn't put it down to anything other than that. You ran second on Spirit of Anzac behind Boom for Dean, who we just spoke to. Um, I think he's a pretty nice horse, Spirit of Anzac. I think he's going to win more races at Menangle. Yeah, he will. I was really happy with him. He, I was disappointed with him at the start before last. He missed a bit of work due to the wet weather, and um, he's a horse that can get away on you pretty quick. So over the last two weeks, he just upped his work, and um, it seemed to put a bit of speed back in his legs. And I was really happy with his run on Saturday night and think he should be better for that one and look forward to him racing this Saturday in the final of that race. Okay, we Chevron Art as a horse we know has ability. Um, we saw a bit of a drop off in form racing in some stronger races, but he bounced back in the last on Saturday night. Is is he a horse who's a little bit tricky because he, he looks to be a horse who who gets quite revved up? And what, what sort of horse is Chevron Art? Yeah, he's a, he's a really nice horse, Mick. Um, a big sigh of relief to get him back to the winners' circle on Saturday. He's a horse. He runs third in the Chariots of Fire and when he was only lightly raced, and to be honest, I actually think he's my best horse coming through. Um, his form went patchy, he actually had a bad virus, and it took me two runs to actually cotton on to what was going on. His, his work has been good enough at home to race, but he wasn't performing at the races, and he really had me scratching my head. And uh, When I pulled a blood, he showed that he had a, quite a bad virus, and it took me quite a while to get him over that, and that's why he was six weeks between his last start and Saturday night, but be honest, I think he's a really exciting horse, and I think um, yeah, he's got a really big future, and I'm looking forward to now that he's back healthy to see where he can go this preparation. One of the best horses you've had through the barn is Stylish Memphis. She's won the Ladyship two years in a row, and she's a hell of a good horse. She's back in New Zealand. Are you going to get her back to New South Wales at some stage? Well, we, I'll be doing my best, Nick. I'll be, I don't don't beg for much, but I'll definitely be begging to get her back, and um, yeah, the plan was always after the race in New Zealand to leave her there and give her a good spell. And um, actually, Mark Jones texted me out of nowhere only last week and said that she's back in work. And he said she's um, looks the best she ever has. So that's always good to hear. And 
yeah, another stint at the end of this year. Um, like the last two years would be really nice, so hopefully all going well, she does come back. With those good mares, do you think, I don't know, outside of ladies and red type horse, there's much point racing the boys in those best races? Or do you think you're better off sticking to the Mears races and trying to pick up the 200 at Menangle and the 100 at Melton and those type of things? What, what's your plan? Because she's dabbled in Miracle Miles, so you have a pretty good database on what that's like. Yeah, I think it's like everything really, isn't it? Like if you can stick to your own sex as a as a mayor, it's probably that little bit easier. And I think that's what a credit to Mark Jones and Wayne Higgs what they've done with her over the years is that they haven't over-raced her in the free-for-all races against the boys um, or the grand chase, the grand circuit races as such. They've been happy to keep her in her own sex, and I think that's why she's you know been such a good mare for so many years now, and I can't see why, um, other than a few lead-up races where you're probably not taking on the best of the best, I can't see why you'd want to throw her in with the boys when she's so dominant against her own sex. Mate, there's no harness racing in New South Wales today, but we're heading to Menangle, as we always do, on a Tuesday afternoon. The first race there is at one sixteen. You're on a horse in the first race on the card, the Trotters race, who, who looks to have some ability in this grade. Finn runs red. What sort of hope would you give it? Yeah, I think he's a really good winning chance tomorrow. He's um, probably put a pen through last week. It was a standing start mile, and it was a bit of a ready start from a few different horses. And, um, yeah... As a rule, he's all trot, and um, yeah, I think he looks really well placed tomorrow. They give him a really good push. Okay, you've mentioned the fact that Chevron Art might be your best horse heading forward. Have you got one floating around, whether it's a drive or a horse you're going to be training and bringing to the races shortly you think's worth following? Um, yeah, I've got a, a maiden uh, starting up. He'll probably race next week, um, either Tuesday or Wednesday, called Cobalt Stride, and um, yeah, he's only a low-graded horse. He had three starts. He's got a good record, and I expect him to be able to win a maiden race pretty quick. It's called Cobalt Stride? Yes, that's him. Right. Who called it that? I take it Emilio's called it. If it's got called a stride horse, I take it it's Emilio Rosati? Yeah, it was, yeah. Right. Cobalt Stride. Well, there you go. That's what, what wasn't a horse I was expecting to hear the name of any time soon, Jack, but we'll move on from that one, mate. Thank you for joining us today, and, mate, uh, well done with the double on Saturday night. No worries. Thanks very much, mate. OK, so that's Cobalt Stride. The galloping trainers would love that one after all the controversy around Cobalt for the last five years. That's next week for Jack Trainer. Um, Grant Dixon joined us earlier. Interesting conversation with him. He said Lady Avana could be a winner for him on Saturday night at Albion Park, and uh, return serve for Dean Sanoskis, who was really interesting to talk to him about his full-time job and how he's been able to fit that around training and driving winners. So thank you to all our guests today. If you want more information on harness racing, go to harness.org.au. The odds are on tab.com.au. No New South Wales harness today. They have Maryborough, Globe Derby, Pinjarra and Redcliffe. For those who want to have a bet on the harness, but we kick off at Menangle tomorrow, also Albury Racing tomorrow night. We'll be back with On The Pace again at 10.30 on Wednesday morning, where we'll be looking forward to Bathurst.